0: Oh my god i'm so here with leslie hidalgo and uh i met her a while ago in washington dc when you were still living here right but now you're in texas
1: yes now i'm in texas i miss dc we miss you
0: we miss you so much well let's talk about who leslie is leslie owns and operates the lifestyle brand wildflower and fox she's a disabled air force veteran and anesthetician Through her many challenges, Leslie turned to makeup and fashion as an artistic outlet. She found her true passion for skincare while attending the AVIDA Institute, where she graduated as valedictorian of her class. Now she collaborates with international beauty lifestyle brands, creating content featuring social media marketing. Leslie is also devoted to advocating for invisible disabilities and the service dog community. As well as equity and inclusion within the beauty and fashion industry. Let's talk about Wildflower and Fox. How was your brand born and how long have you been
1: doing that for? Okay, so I started in 2018 and I started with playing around with makeup and going live on social media. And Wildflower and Fox was born out of a way to cope with my disabilities and recovering from brain surgery. So I couldn't go out. I couldn't do a lot of things. But what I could do was sit on my floor in my living room in my apartment and do makeup and hit that button and go live and then have like a healthy outlet for all the things that I was dealing with behind the scenes.
0: That's amazing. And uh, you are so resilient. I, I mean, I when I when I met you, Leslie, and we're going to talk about a lot about the challenges and the disabilities that you have to deal with. But when I met you, you know, like I really like your energy, and I really didn't know much about the disabilities. And all that's the, I learned about that later on. But I got to know you through makeup, and you're such an, an amazing artist. Like you're so you're so talented. Um, I remember that you were in one of um the events that I was managing, that I was, you know, organizing. And you were so kind to, like, volunteer your time. And you g- they gave makeup you gave makeup to everyone. Like, and we look so beautiful and pretty. How was that transition? So you were a veteran, right? Like, you were in, on the Air Force. Were you already uh, passionate about makeup before that? Or, like, did you just, you know, like, sort of discover that later on?
1: I always liked fashion and makeup, because in the military, we're all wearing the same thing, right? And I never wanted to look like a boy, (laughs) you know, in the uniform. So I always wanted to wear makeup. Like I couldn't do a lot. But after work, I was always into looking my best and looking pretty and feeling really girly. And so it had always been a passion. Mm-hmm. And deep down, I'm an artist. I'm a, you know.
0: I don't think deep down. I think you are an artist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not deep down, pretty- honey. Like it's, 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 it's out there. It's out I- now. <laughs> but back then, it was like inside hiding. And then so that was kind of my outlet. And then I started doing the the glitter at yes. NBC and all over the place. And just that was beautiful for me it was like it fed my soul
0: yeah you were like the glitter lady of this that's that's how i remember you the glitter lady that's uh, that's incredible so um and then when did you move to texas because i I, it's a blur for me now like right (laughs) in december of 2019 okay so like wildflower and fox was already something that you were doing when you were here Mm -hmm. and you're continuing to do that now in texas right Yes. Uh, and are you just focusing on, like, doing lives and, you know, like, just social content? Or do you also connect with people, you know, like, on in-person
1: events? Or, like, what's what's the goal for Wildflower and Fox? So I do makeup every now and then. Mm-hmm. I'll have, like, a little client on the side. But um, because I am in school and I'm so busy, um, I normally connect with people online, social media platforms. And I started my own skincare company.
0: What? Amazing. <laughs> yes. yes. what's, like, what's the name of the skincare company? What is it? Wildflower and Park. Oh, <laughs> it is Wildflower and Park. So it continues to be the brand. Congratulations. Yes. So when
1: did you launch that? In 2001. In February of 2001, I got my LLC. So my company is like very young. You mean 2021? 2021? 2021? Yes. Okay.
0: 2021. Yeah.
1: 2021. I was yeah. Like, Did
0: 2021? I say 2021?
1: like yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! I haven't had enough coffee.
0: Hey, you know, have your cafecito, drink it. yeah. 221 is like oh, 2020, 221 seems like, seems like a long time ago.
1: 221 <laughs> okay. is uh, <laughs> It's very young. It's very young. Yeah, just two years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I have six products out. I just recently launched a product and then I'm constantly in product development in my head. Like what's next, staying ahead of the trends and the skincare is so important to me. I love it. That's so cool.
0: That's amazing. Congratulations on that, that I wish you the best and I have to go and look at your products. I mean, I have to see what, what's out there for me. Yes. Um, so you talk about your content being focused a lot on advocate, advocating for invisible disabilities. I know that's something that comes from your own experience, right? Um, but, uh, you know, like f- from what you feel comfortable sharing here, like, what is, uh, like, could you share a little bit more about what is that personal story and, you know, why is it so important to you that people are more aware about, and, you know, like uh, invisible disabilities? Okay. So, in.
1: 2014, I went to a CrossFit boot camp and I overdid it. I was like crazy. I was like so fit. You know, I was in the military. And so I was like, yes, this is my thing. I can do this. And then I got really sick after that, after exercising so hard. And I thought, okay, maybe I'm dehydrated. I just overdid it. I need a few days to rest and I'll be fine. Well, turns out that I overdid it to the point that I didn't ever recover and that's because I had I have (laughs) a neurological condition called Chiari malformation and that's where the cerebellum the back Mm -hmm. of your brain dips down into your spinal column and it just stops the flow or slows down the flow of spinal fluid. And usually um, when you're diagnosed at a later age, it's one event that happens that sets it off and then you never really recover. So that oh was... Oh Yeah.
0: So was that the thing that triggered it? Yes. Oh, wow. That's
1: insane. Yeah. wow. Uh, oh, <laughs> And from there, um, I went blind in one eye one day and I fell down my stairs. I injured myself further. I was having these crazy headaches that I could not resolve with just like a pill. So then I went and I saw a doctor. I went and saw a neurosurgeon and he said, you in fact have Chiari malformation and you're a good candidate for surgery. So with that, I had a cranial decompression. They cut a three inch, basically like sliced the back of my head open. Oh, it <laughs> took, <laughs> took a piece of my skull off to decompress mm-hmm. my brain. Mm-hmm. And I was recovering from that. And then 18 months later, I had to have a second surgery, which um, is for something called aqueductal stenosis. hmm. And that is the narrowing of one of my canals in my brain, which again was another spot that was slowing down the spinal fluid. So then they had to place a device in my head, mm-hmm. okay. a shunt. So it's in there. It's in yeah. there. Okay. And there's a tube that goes down and drains the spinal fluid into my abdomen.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness, Leslie, you're a trooper. That is wild. and And so... Yeah, and so so you've been dealing with that since 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, how was I mean, of course, you know, like you said that it will never, you know, like you will never recover from that, but how was uh, you know, like the like getting from like zero to where you are now in terms of like how how are you are handling, you know, with this, like what, you know, like where you are in terms of like accepting and surrendering to, you know,
1: like what happened to you. And so how was that process? difficult, really heavy. Um, I went from being active and having purpose and working to then just being a patient and focusing on healing. And this essentially ended my military career at 16 years. I had to retire early. It robbed me of so much, so much, like everything I worked for. And then I was in a lot of therapy. Uh, physical, occupational, just a lot of things, learning how to redo things and kind of finding my way now as a um, disabled individual. And it just changes your world completely. But um, at the time it was very hard to accept that I couldn't do the things I could do before. But now after however many years, and a lot of support from my family and my friends and just like the outside world. I have accepted that my life is different. And I've lived a beautiful life. I've done so many things. And I'm just so grateful for what I could have what I have done in the past. And it doesn't bother me that I have to cancel plans or I can't go to a concert or I can't ride a roller coaster. I can't do that. That's okay. Cause I've done all that and I'm grateful. And now my life looks a little different and I'm just really blessed that I'm alive, that I'm here and that I am able to do the things that I can do. I love
0: it. That's so beautiful, Leslie. I mean, I cannot imagine the, uh, the the challenges of, you know, like getting to where you are now, but that is such a beautiful story of resilience. And I'm so grateful that I get to learn that from you. And, you know, it's an inspiration, not for people only who are, um, you know, like suffering uh, with invisible disabilities, but in general, just like human beings, you know, like just like examples of resilience. And I think that's just beautiful. Um, so you talk about canceling plans. Is that so is that something that happens very often? And you know, like your friends and you know, like people that are around you understand and they support you.
1: Right. So making plans in the future is very hard for me. So because I don't know how I'm gonna feel every day when I wake up. I just hope that I feel good enough to just get through the day. And so I'll have plans and then I'll have to say I'm not feeling good. Can we postpone? Can we do this another day or can we do something different? It's very happens often. And so everybody that's in my life knows like they need to be flexible and it's difficult for me to make future plans. And if I'm traveling the days leading up to that travel, I have to like take it really easy Mm -hmm. and just prep, right? Prep so that you're ready. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's
0: that's so good. I mean, like you, you got to a point where you know what you you have to do, and and you know, and that's what matters, and that's important, and it's and it's wonderful that you have a community that supports you, and uh, and you know, I think that's that's what everyone should be really like, regardless, right? You know, like everyone understands that you know situations happen and arise, and uh, it's important to have flexibility. So um, I so about i saw this video recently about you and your dog coyote um who i really love i loved i loved the video so it was a perspective from coyote about how what it feels like what it is like being a service dog and what coyote does throughout the day and you know how you know she it's it's a, it's a she right um so she needs to like be around you and take care of you i i I really love that. And you said that you were going to do a series about that. How is that, how is that going? And, and what is it, what is it like to navigate life with Coyote? And, you know, what are some of the challenges? And to that point, I also want to mention that I saw another video where you were talking about how you were going, I think it was a skating place that did not allow to have coyote inside. So talk to me about the good part. And then let's talk about why it's important for, um, you know, businesses to understand that this is not just, you know, a pet that you want to bring in.
1: Right. So coyote is my lifeline. I love her so much. Um, so pretty. <laughs> she's downstairs right now. Oh this is, <laughs> really? um, she is amazing. So she is a multi-purpose service dog. And so she helps me with mobility like my balance and um, counterbalance. So if I'm just kind of swaying, she'll come lean up against me. Um, She also has started to alert for medical um, episodes. And recently I've been having some cardiac issues. So that's why I have my heart monitor. Mm. And so she has been alerting to cardiac events. Like when my heart rate gets really high, she will alert and then I'll check. And I'm like, okay, I got to go, I got to sit down, I got to relax. So having her is so important because she will feel things before I do. And I have to listen yeah. to her. Yeah. She's my boss. <laughs> <laughs> she is the boss. I mean,
0: service dogs are incredible. They are, it's, it's I mean, and, and yeah, and dogs in general, like they do, they do tend to like know that something's happening ahead of time. And so with a service dog, you know, they're trained to learn all these things. And so having her, I I guess, you know, it's like you said, it's like, you know, it changed, it changes and it helps to be, you know, like to do things around your day and, you know, like, and not feeling like you're going to be like something is going to happen to you and you're not going to know. And so that's just amazing. How long have you had Coyote for?
1: I got her in 2019 um when she was a puppy and I wasn't even living here yet I was still in the DC area and she came here she stayed with my parents and then she went away to training and she went to live at the training facility for a while and then when I moved here the day that we drove in I went to pick her up so December of 2019
0: you could not wait to see I couldn't I was like Let's go so Oh my yeah. God. So cute. So, uh, so yeah. So now tell me about what happened on that, you know, like that business. And, and were you ever able to solve it? Like, did they ever apologize to
1: you? Like, what happened? Well, um, I can't go into too much detail because we are. In, yeah. It's an ongoing it. legal thing. <laughs> Got it. But, um, generally speaking, I went to um, this. Establishment and essentially they said I couldn't go in. I couldn't take coyote in. And so I was advocating for myself, like I always do. If any business is like, you can't have a dog here, she is protected by the ADA, which is the Americans with Disabilities Act. And service dogs are allowed to be in a business. And the only way that they can be asked to leave is if they are uncontrolled, if they are, you know, using the bathroom in the place or just misbehaving in general. Mm -hmm. Then you can ask them to leave and then that's completely legal. But she's a medical device. So the same way you can't ask somebody in a wheelchair not to enter your facility with their wheelchair, you cannot ask. A person with a service dog to not bring in their service dog Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right so there's not enough education out there for business owners Um, it is a federal crime to deny a person with a disability and their service dog access into a facility
0: Wow and 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 they knowing this they still went ahead and 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 deny you that—that's just incredible, and that's just sad that that you know there isn't knowledge, that general knowledge of this, d- despite like being a federal law. So, I wonder, yeah, I wonder how many cases of this actually happen. I mean, because you like you know like you're you're the first person that I that I heard but, you know, I saw that, but I was shocked because I understand, you know, like it, it and and it doesn't really like. You, you don't need to understand, like, the in- intricacies of the federal law because, you know, like, to me, it makes sense. Like, it, it is a medical device. Like, you cannot live without your dog, like, just the same way that somebody cannot exist without a wheel- wheelchair or, you know, like, whatever, uh, you know, like, medical device that you have. Like, it, that's, that's, you know, like, you are, at you know, like, threatening someone's life if you're taking that away.
1: Yeah, a lot of people need their dogs to alert for seizures or low blood sugar or things like that, that could end in death. Right. And then not to mention the impact that denying someone with a disability access is one, it's humiliating. Two, it is just really hurtful. And it just causes so much disruption on the mental health side.
0: Absolutely, I mean, it's it. I can't imagine the anxiety that you have to deal with, and it's just plain discrimination. You know, that's absolutely <laughs> It's such an ugly feeling. <laughs> I'm so sorry that happened to you, and um, I hope everything gets resolved. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for sharing. You know the little things that happen, and I, I, you know, I know, lo- I know that lawsuits can take a while, but I hope you know, like it gets resolve really fast. Cause I know that happened, you know, like it wasn't super recent, but it, you know, like it, it happened a, a couple of months. ago. Right. A it's al- almost a year, almost a year. Crazy. Oh right. God. Well, uh, those people, those people need to be, um, hold accountable and they need to learn that that's not, that's, that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. So we talked about being an esthetician and being, you know, a makeup artist. Um, And I already said that I love your style so much. And I fell in love with your hair and like everything that you do. But I want to talk about the importance of inclusion in the beauty and the fashion industry when it comes to equity and, you know, like in equity and in diversity. So, Why is it so
1: important to you? What is it lacking? What needs to change? Well, it's important um, being Latina, right? The representation, we don't see it enough. Mm -hmm. And also being a disabled Latina, that's a whole nother love, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, so I want to see more people like me or like us, you know? In the space, you know, saying we're here, we are also part of like this groundbreaking moment that we're just trying to crush these beauty standards that exist that are honestly really problematic. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: um, yeah,
1: it's very important, and um, especially for those of us with invisible disabilities. Um, I think it's important to show that you can be beautiful you can be different you can be creative and also be fighting for your life behind the scenes with with pain and illness and that being disabled doesn't mean that you have to look as bad as you feel so I love that that's that's what I live for yeah <laughs> There is a lot of inequity and you see it a lot in, uh, color ranges in makeup. Mm -hmm. There are very few brands that have wide color ranges and makeup fashion is not one size fits all. Like we are not cookie cutter. So brands need to expand and market to everybody. You know, because then you're just closing yourself off and not tapping into that market of people with darker skin, skin tones, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, and that's why uh, Wildflower and Fox exist. (laughs) (laughs) But what you're saying is so true. And honestly, that they're just missing an entire new demographic and they're just they're just missing, you know, like an entire new way of making money. And I think what you're saying is true. I think brands need to start uh, thinking differently. And we're seeing some examples, but there needs to be more. And, um, and I think, you know, what you say is so powerful too when it comes to people with disabilities. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to feel, you don't have to look as, you know, like, like you're in pain all the time. And, you know, like it's, it's beautiful that you can show that and be an example to people who, who might have that encouragement. Because they might feel so lost. They might not, you know, like know where to even begin. How how would I feel beautiful? You know, like I'm dealing with all of this. And so having those stories and having people that can show them, you know, can show them a way, it's, it's important. And, you know, like that's why we're here. And we want to highlight those stories with Latinas Be Like Us. Because, you know, we're not a cookie cutter. We're not all the same. We have, you know, like our edges and... We have our stories and, you know, that's why we're here
1: talking about that, right? Yes. (laughs) So, yes. And so um, this is my second heart monitor that I had placed. And when I had my first one, I had um, content that I had to create on a schedule and for brands. And so I was like, oh, man, I have this for one second. I was like, oh, should I try to hide it or whatever? And then I was like, no, 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 no. I am going to create this content for these brands with my heart monitor, because this is my reality and it's the perfect way to have that representation, yes. you know, because someone else is going to see this and be like, Oh, wow. yeah, You know, she clearly has something going on, but she's still out here and it just gives people hope and, you know, they can feed their passion if they want to do the same thing too. Of course.
0: I mean, it's, it's about representation, right? Uh, you know, like you need, you need to see people doing it so that you feel, you know, like you feel like you're not alone. And I think, you know, like representation is not only about skin color is not about, you know, just like where you're from, but also, you know, like the things that you're dealing within yourself, um, you know, like health wise and, you know, like mental wise. And so I think, you know, like having you is so important. Um, What is happening with Leslie in the future? Well, (laughs) um,
1: (laughs) I am continuing to build my brand and soon I'm going to start trying to pitch to retailers and my dream is to have my products in a major retailer. (laughs) it's gonna happen
0: it's gonna happen i am already seeing it that's that's amazing leslie i'm so excited and it is gonna happen and i know that it will i know thank you so stay tuned i will stay tuned i will stay tuned so what is one thing before we have to say goodbye what is one thing that you want people to know about leslie hidalgo what is
1: oh wow huh Okay, (laughs) one thing that I want people to know about me (laughs) is that um, what fuels my passion and the things that I'm doing is my pain and my struggle and um, the difficulties that I have day to day. I don't like to sit in that space and feel like I can't. And so I use that and I turn it into fuel and I reframe it and then I get to work. So no matter what, I wake up, I don't feel good. Okay, what can I do? I can still do things from my bed. I could still design things. I could still plan content. And then it sets me up for those days where I do feel good and I can just... Be on fire and just be so productive and then get better ideas and just grow and grow and grow. So just because you're having a bad day doesn't mean that's where it stops. You can flip that around no matter what. You can do it. <laughs> you can do it.
0: You can do it. And Leslie is always on fire no matter <laughs> what, no matter where, where she is in bed standing up recording content you're always on fire my dear friend thank you so much for joining Latinas be like us I am so excited and it's such an honor to have you it was an honor to be here with you (laughs) I cannot wait to see everything that happens
1: oh I can't wait I can't wait either so stay tuned (laughs) like I said stay tuned thanks for listening to this episode of Latinas
0: be like us Remember to subscribe, whatever you are listening. And to learn more or leave a donation, please go to our website, latinasbelikeus.com. See you next time.